Lemon Pepper Parlay is presented for the people by Caesar Sportsbook, the greatest sports betting app of all time. Download it. Must be 21 or older. It's another edition of the Lemon Pepper Parlay podcast. I'm Martin Weiss, joined here with the kid from Kansas City himself, Mark Gunnels. Mark Gunnels, how you doing today, bro? I'm doing good. I'm glad you, uh, well, actually, I don't know if I'm glad because you didn't acknowledge it. You only acknowledge it when... I have my toes out. Today I do not have my toes out. I actually have shoes on. I mean, you should. I mean, you should honestly be blessed and consider lucky that I'm the one sitting in here. Uh, if uh, our good friend Dave Damashek was sitting in here, he would uh, be abject, abhorrently disgusted at the fact that you've entered into the same room as him with no socks on. <laughs> so I consider it that I'm giving you a, a pass. Oh, okay, okay. I just, I just know you like to always bring up when I'm in here with my. Adidas flip-flops. It's impossible to notice the claws just hanging from the bottom of your ankles just, <laughs> as they just wander hey, in the to room. To be fair, at least there's never like a smell, though. You can give me benefit of that, right? You never s- smell like bad feet odor when my I toes mean, are out. I've come to notice that people's feet are... Everybody's got their own fragrance. And I, just, I think it's best if you keep yours over there and I keep mine over here. <laughs> But yeah, man, overall, how you doing? How you living? Uh, I saw you kind of walking with a little limp in here today. I was a little concerned. So, no, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I had a weekend. I did. I had a weekend, <laughs> that's for sure. Can, I had we, a weekend. can, we, can, we, can we dive into it? For Go quick? for it. Go for it. Do you well, want to Well, I mean, no, no, no. You're the one that has the story about the weekend. I don't. Well, well, no. Sad Friday, I did the, the, the cap of consequences with Sal on Venice Beach. We went. We lost 12 to 1. It was a merciful 12 to 1. Shout out to my guy, Tej T. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, he just walked up there and luckily made, I don't know, maybe five two-point shots. Wow. So that was were, what we needed. Like, you, long you, rebounds weren't happening. So Were you guys fighting under screens or you weren't contesting? You didn't get a hand up? What was going on? Hey, man, look, it's a make or miss league. So, so well, you guys were missing a lot, apparently. You only scored at one point. Well, you guys were missing a lot. I was one for three. Sal was a, a robust zero for zero. You only got three shots up? We don't have the ball. Oh, because it's make, make, make it take it. Oh, okay. So you guys weren't even getting possessions. Yeah, Sal took a charge. <laughs> oh, wow. He sacrificed his body? He did. He did. <laughs> what it a team a, player. It was a good time had by all. The video will come out shortly, I imagine. Um, but yeah, Venice Beach was fun, and that was uh, we survived that. But but Eddie, I need you on microphone for this though. You said Saturday night you were at the Hollywood Bowl, right? I was, yeah, Hollywood Bowl for the Game of Thrones Orchestra concert. What yeah. time did it start? Eight fifteen. Eight fifteen. Yeah, on the dot. Okay, so Saturday I do my radio show okay. for the seven local time, right? So Eddie's concert at Hollywood Bowl started eight fifteen. Got you. I'm riding my bike. Back from my radio show in Sherman Oaks to my new apartment in Hollywood. And I'm, I'm on Kayanga Boulevard, bordering the 101, right by Hollywood Bowl. So everything is backed up to, to Kansas. I got hit by a car this weekend. Yep, I got hit by a car. And a guy, wow. a guy had to be going to the Hollywood Bowl thing because it was backed up by forever. This guy in a Tesla pulls out. Of a, like everybody's parked at a red light. I'm coming down on the right side. This guy like jerks out, like trying to make like because he can beat everybody else to the right turn. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? So then, boom, clips me. I go flying over the handlebars. Oh my god! And I still have my shoulders bruised, and I got a bruise on my hip the size of the size of your head right now. Wow. Well. Glad that you're okay for the okay. most part. I had to uh, talk to I talk, we had to call I called I one and everything. Yeah. But the guy ran off. Whoa, the not guy, the guy in a Tesla. The guy in a Tesla ran off. So look, part of the reason why I'm bringing this attention to the attention of everybody, I don't know what to do. <laughs> I just got hit by a car and I don't know what to do. I called the police. I got a police report. I went, I saw the ambulance. I'm going to see my primary care physician soon. I don't know. Nothing is broken evidence by the fact that it all still works right now. However, I I feel like I will qualify right now for some pain and some suffering as I do. I am in pain. <laughs> as you saw, you said earlier, I was walking with a little yeah. bit of a limp. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't have the bike. You know, the, the bike's not, you know, in terrible shape. I could put it back, you know, it's rideable. However, yeah. I'm not necessarily hopping right back up on it. 
So, I, Eddie, I hope that you and the guy in the Tesla enjoyed the freaking Game of Thrones Orchestra. Sounded like it would have been amazing. It it was a great experience. I I first of all, I'm glad you're okay. I, I no idea. You really uh, saved this one to drop the bombshell on the show. Oh, you just found out just now too. I literally just found out. Oh, wait, so you really kept this in? He's been on shows already this week. So oh wow, so yeah. you saved it for this episode. Nobody uh, asked me. Nobody asked me what I did this weekend. If I would have been, I wasn't keeping I, it a secret. Uh, in defense of Sal and Dave, I don't think people assume you get hit by a car. I mean, you were on the show, you were fine, but uh, that area was crazy, and I I ended up just walking as far as possible away. From from there, it was. I mean, there were a lot of traffic uh, coordinators, but uh, I I could see how one could get hit by a Tesla. Yeah, it was, and it it were people walking. There were people walking on the. It's called the Pilgrimage Bridge, which I know from GPS, but it's like it goes over the freeway, and it does not feel like somewhere like there's a little sidewalk there. But I don't know how you walk to that point. Like, there's a lot of places I ride my bike to. I don't know how you could walk to that mm. point, even though there is sidewalk. I don't know how you get there. And there were people I just had to imagine just abandoned their Ubers and were like, hey, good luck. Hey, good luck getting out of here, Jose, because I'm going I'm to get out of here and walk to the rest of the Hollywood Bowl. But, yeah. So I got, I got a picture of the license plate. Oh, that's good. That's so good. That's good. I have evidence, but I've, you know, I'm not necessarily uh, uh, expecting you know, Los Angeles' finest to find the guy in any in – because any, I would like to go to small claims court or something. Yeah. You know, because I figure I just got hit by a Tesla. Maybe I can get a new Tesla. Yeah, I mean, you would imagine this person has some money. Either that or – I don't know, maybe I can get that exact Tesla. I'd be fine with that one because you know what I would have been if I got hit in that? Hit another car. That would have been fine. That would have been cool. And my hip wouldn't hurt right now. Yes. But – Well, glad you're all right, man. There's a silver lining to this. What's that? Since I got hit by that car on Saturday, including on bets on Saturday, I haven't lost. Really? I haven't lost. I'm undefeated since. Well, I like, guess so like 13 and up. The universe had to balance it out, I guess, in some I, way. I mean, I mean, yesterday, and you know what? Like most of the time, I rarely ever have bets that are just easy. Most of them are always grinded out. Your stomach is twirling and twisting, and it's like, oh, my God, why do I even do this? I see. Nonetheless, go to work and have to talk about it later on in the day. Um, so, yeah, no sweats. So the biggest sweat was like if the Lakers were going to win last night. I had Nuggets money line tied up in there, and I was like, it got the, it got a little dicey towards yeah, the end, but, but really we were, people were concerned about the six, right? Yeah, yeah. Not the line. Yeah. People were more concerned about the six. But we'll get into all of that in a minute. I do want to get into uh, what I find. There's, I don't necessarily believe the sports are fixed. However, <laughs> they, they are not doing a good job of alleviating anybody's concern with this whole draft lottery nonsense. <laughs> Victor, he's going to San Antonio, baby. Pop gets another one. As soon as you thought he was probably going to retire... Go off into the sunset. The guy is 74 years old. I think this now keeps him around a little bit longer than he probably would have if he didn't get the number one pick because... Don't you think? Yeah, I think that's a safe bet. I mean, we're talking about a generational talent here. And did you see uh, his reaction, Victor? He was saying, the, the universe told me. The universe told me. Like, and he was in France with his people going crazy. Because you got to think, the Spurs have a great, rich history of developing guys that's not from this country. Okay, so right. look. Potential red flag. What's that? Victor Rembiana's getting messages from the universe. The universe told him. This. We all laughed when Kyrie said the world was flat. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. We all laughed when Kyrie said the world was flat. It was like, oh, there's no way. Who <laughs> no, what if what if the universe tells Victor to pass? When he should have shot. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm just saying. Who knows? But can we just talk about the actual mechanism of the draft lottery? I love how they put 20 some twenty some NBA beat writers in there to, uh, to ensure it's on the up and up. If I'm putting my conspiracy theory hat on this thing for just a second, you mean to tell me you had three teams had approximately a 15% chance to get the number one overall pick, mm -hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Which means that you would expect at least one of them to get the top three picks the way that's presented. If they're presented it the other way, saying that the Pistons had an 88% chance 
to not be number one overall. Mm-hmm. Maybe, just maybe, my entire social media timeline is not clamoring how the NBA is fixed and sending pop yet another generational big man to San Antonio, San Antonio and yet again screwing the Detroit Pistons who have never had a superstar that uh, uh, just fall into their laps. I can imagine because your timeline, I would, I assume it has a lot of Detroit natives in, on there considering your background. So I can, I know it was probably not a good time last night for a lot of Detroit people. Um, they didn't even get a top four pick. And when I, when I saw they were picking fifth, I, I tweeted out in all caps. I was amazed, right? Because I thought it would have been cool, right? You got Cunningham there. You got some good young pieces in Detroit. And if you throw him in there as a kind of do-it-all guy, 6'10", 6'11", 7'0", whatever he was, 7'3", whatever he is, right? He's a big point guard, big forward. He can do it all. He can shoot. He can rim protect. That would have been some nice life. And aren't they getting a new arena in Detroit as well? It's already there. It's already there, right? It's so, already there. So that would have been a, a good introduction to that new arena to have this generational talent in Detroit, a city that's been clamoring for this type of star, seems like forever. Because even when they won, when they were good, they didn't have that one singular guy. No. It was Detroit's a, always had to figure it out. Yeah. And build brick by brick. They had to brick. grind. No. They don't get, <laughs> they don't get gifted these foreign players like, like San Antonio just walks in and all of a sudden, oh, hey. Who's this uh, swimmer from the Virgin Islands with no haircut and Costco jeans? Oh, sure. Let's bring him in here. Oh, wait. Who's this guy who served in the Navy? Oh, I guess he's not foreign. But my point remains. He was traveling all around the world, defending our country. And then all of a sudden, oh, bring him in here. Here, we'll figure it out. Now this guy. Vic, uh, Brian Windhorst flies all the way across the world to talk to him <laughs> for 72 seconds. <laughs> This is the new guy. I mean, but come on, Martin. Be fair. The Spurs haven't had a winning season in five years. Don't you feel sorry for those fans? No. Five years of losing. So they're what? Not, they're not used to it. Oh, so what? So I don't give a damn what they're supposed to be used to. <laughs> like, seriously, like, and legitimately, like the Pistons, you have the, uh, uh, the Bad Boys Pistons and then the Going to Work Pistons, and that's that. The Spurs have four Hall of Famers. Put your hard hat on, Detroit. You're but the Spurs have three Hall of Famers just off the top of my head, just just in different eras, and won titles in different eras. Like, nah, like, like it, Detroit. If you go look at the the history of the titles in this in the, in the, uh in the, in the in the National Basketball Association, it goes something like Boston, L.A., um, and then you have like in short order, not too far after that, San Antonio. And then Detroit is like the one of the few other franchises with multiple championships, and you go look at the yeah, know, obviously Chicago. Yeah, but she, yeah, was, yeah, yeah, but it's like you know, but like historically Chicago, because historically Chicago not so much, right? Just, just that, with, just in the six that years, window, yeah. that window with Jordan, yeah, right. But it's like, but there you go, because like I'm saying, historically though, Detroit has had they had the Jordan years. Because they they were obviously winning before Jordan, and then Jordan came and took took them out, and then they were winning before LeBron. You want to find somebody who hates both LeBron and Michael Jordan? I'll find <laughs> it for you. It's a Detroit Pistons fan. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. Those, those are like these people. They don't give a damn about either one of what y'all talking about. Yeah, and they don't really understand, quite honestly, why Steph Curry's getting more credit as the shortest as the best short player of all time because Isaiah Thomas went to Michael Jordan's house and beat him. Yeah. So yeah, and he just didn't fit the criteria, and he beat the Lakers too, right? With Magic, exactly. And, yeah. and because of the way the basketball history is written, he doesn't fit the criteria for all this other stuff. When in reality, the situation, yeah, he's a bad man. Yeah, I've always thought he's one of the most underappreciated greats of all time. He doesn't get enough credit as he deserves. But I mean, is this thing fixed? Uh, no, it's not fixed, but I don't give I don't a damn. I think it's fixed. But, but here's the deal. All right, so do you think that Victor Wimby, like, I, I mean, the assuredness is concerning to me. When LeBron was coming out, he was the most high prospect since. But there were still people out there like, no, he's not going to make it. Mm-hmm. Even with his body size, that he looked like an NBA player. Victor Wimbenyama, to me, he looks like what y'all told me Chet Holmgren looked like last year. 
You know what I'm saying? This big, tall, skinny guy with guard skills. And I get it, but I just don't know if he, like if we're going to – are we really banking on another Kevin Durant to come in and be successful? Like, and it not only are we banking on it, it seems as if the entire world is banking on it, has a sign, sealed, and delivered and stamped that this guy is just going to walk in and be 25 a game, multiple-time All-Star. Like, I just – I don't – I think – that feels unfair to say anybody is going to do that. Generally, I would agree with you. I don't think it's unfair with this kid, though. But I understand. I notice a trend with you. You don't really like these type of basketball players, like as far as like they're the ones that are real yet. The way they're built. <laughs> yeah, they're not real they're, yet. Their structure. You don't like these tall, skinny, lanky oh. guys with. Oh, I thought skills. you were talking about the way that media will build somebody up. It's like he's not. Oh real no, yet. I'm talking no. about like his, no, his actual no, sta- stature. Absolutely. Absolutely yeah, you're not. not a fan of these type of guys, no. the way they're built. Brandon Miller has the perfect NBA body to me. <laughs> like, if I was looking at if I was a GM and I was looking at I was like, he looks like he could step in right now and play defense in the NBA. I mean, but he's not too far off from the body type that I think you don't like, right? He, he's not this No, but he's real... six eight, but he's got big shoulders, he's got frame. He looks, he should be able to fill out to a point where, like, Jason Tatum didn't look like he did when he was drafted third overall. So did you but feel you the look, same way about Durant coming out? Uh, no, because he was a – I had watched a lot of that Texas team, and he mm-hmm. was he was just – the game was the game. Like, it was hard to acknowledge. You couldn't deny. It was just uh, yeah, over, like, overpowering. Yeah, like, the game yeah. – in fact, the opposite of overpowering. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It was whatever. It was Well, so, I mean, not like no, in a I get what physical you're saying, sense, but his game but yeah, was, so, yeah. was so tight – that you couldn't deny. It's like, dog, like, like, they've said it about Jokic a few times this week, too. He's a big with guard skills. But Kevin Durant was legitimately 6'10", and was the... DJ Augustine was also a first-round lottery pick yeah. off that team. Yeah. And Kevin Durant was the better guard. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin Durant was a foot taller. Yeah. So it was, it was really... It was hard to deny... Even though it's like, okay, he's super skinny, you know, he'll put on some weight, he'll work out. And to be fair, he never did put on weight nor work out. And if he had, who knows what his career would have been. Yeah. I do think that's something that we, should, like, we don't talk about a lot, but I think, you know, KD hasn't played, well, he's played less than 60 games the last three seasons. Uh, and, and really, once he started to get hurt, he remained hurt. Like, like LeBron. He's gotten hurt, and then you see him come back, and he reaches a new level of health, right? And then he gets hurt again. Yeah. Whereas Kevin Durant's almost always rehabbing from something. Mm-hmm. Right. Part right. of that is he's not working out. So who knows what his body would be? Well, I feel the similar way about Victor. I think his game is undeniable to where I, I'm, I have no concerns about his weight or you know anything you want to concern about his strength or how he's going to adapt to playing in the post or against bigger guys. Like, I'm not worried about any of that. Uh, I think he can play pretty much any position. The guy is so, he's so skillful, man. I mean, the guy, he he has the handle, obviously the shot you see, and his wingspan is ridiculous. I mean, he's going to be able to alter shots at the rim and like, he's not, he's not going to play center. Like, I don't know if people are concerned about that. He's not going to play center. He's going to be a guy you can just float around. He can play any position. He's going to be positionless in a positionless game right now. So I do think in this era of basketball, a guy with his skill set, his size, his wingspan, I think it fits perfectly in today's NBA. I have no concerns. Woj I think he's a home run. Woj said that this is the best prospect in team sport history. I'm not going that far. It's, that's ridiculous. Yeah, right? I, I, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm not there. Like, I don't have a sense <laughs> of like what I don't know. I don't have a good sense of in hockey, and I don't know Connor Eddie's. Feel free to jump in if Connor McDavid was getting sued or whoever was getting super duper hype coming into the league. Like the point of like a Victor Wembanyama or a LeBron James or like, but like no, like I, there's been quarterbacks with be- Cam Newton's hype was bigger than it. like I like I'm sorry like the the differences in the NBA. There's nobody out there who's going to say this guy is going to be a bust. Like yeah, you just, don't you don't want to be that guy. It's like Zion before <laughs> him or Chet Holmgren before that and Zion before him. It's like nobody's allowed to say he's not going to have he's going to struggle, he's going to be this, he's going to be that in the league. You're allowed to say it, say it right now. 
Not, I don't know. See, that's his game is great, but I don't. I would love to see it against real competition. His body concerns me. I think if he breaks one metatarsal in his foot, it's something's going to be chasing him for the rest of his career. Because also at that size, we've only seen one person do it before, and it was Kevin Durant. If you're going to be drafting off of things you've only seen one person do before, if your comparison is a unique Hall of Famer, good luck. That's my like that's my concern. Now, what if, if you had to ask me between like Chet Holmgren and Victor Wembanyama, it's not even close. I'm taking uh, I'm taking your boy from France because he actually has the guard skills that you talking about. Chet, like Chet, I don't, like he I can see in a, feasibly in a world where Victor Wembanyama might be able to get past somebody. You know what I'm saying? Like beat somebody down off the dribble. And we see now at 34-ish for KD, 33, how many live ball turnovers did he have with the Suns? After he's lost a little bit of his Achilles and some ACLs, he's not necessarily with the explosiveness. He wasn't getting by people past with the Clippers. Does that happen with Victor at 27? I don't know. 23? I don't know. Because his body is weird. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> He's got to get his body right. Like, it's easier to project out somebody like who is a, more of a standard frame, like Brandon Miller or Jason Tatum or uh, uh, who else is I'm trying to think of coming who came out recently that, that kind of fit that wing archetype. Brandon Ingram? Brandon Ingram even. Even Brandon Ingram, who hasn't really even filled out like that. You can see where he's gotten stronger as a player. You know what I'm saying? His, his body type, is he's going to be thin forever. But you can see how he's gotten stronger and had, can take somebody and turn, the, turn his back to them yeah. and be able to push off enough to get the turner. Paul George, even though he's had an injury riddle career, before he broke his leg, you know what I'm saying? That's pretty catastrophic. You know, he was like that body. You, you want to talk about positionless basketball? Yeah. Give me like four players that size, and maybe one three inches taller, and I'm good. Oh, you would like that? Yeah. I thought those guys because the body size just makes sense. You can guard everybody. You can switch everything. I thought you didn't like this body size. I'm confused. No, Paul. No, I'm talking about the. Oh, I thought you. Like oh, I thought Paul, you meant like Jason Taylor. Oh, I thought you were talking about Victor. Okay, okay. Jimmy Butler yeah. from like six six to oh, six okay, eight. Okay, okay. Why well, with a big? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> can sit down, can move around, like you know what I'm saying. Okay. Like I, I like like you could you show me Carl Anthony Towns who wants to sit up at the three point line. I got no time for you. Right, right. You know what I mean? It's like no, you don't. Your body don't do that. It's not what you want to do. It's like a fat kid wanting to play running back. No, 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 pal. You're going to sit on, <laughs> on this offensive line right here. We can make you millions. Well, I think as far as all your concerns about his conditioning or not conditioning, but as far as building strength and filling out his body, I don't think he could have went to a better situation than San Antonio. I, I think him under Pop, Pop's going to be there for a little longer now, obviously, with this pick. And they got a couple, they got some young pieces there, man, uh, that I like. So uh, this is going to be a fun team. You know, you don't really say fun with the Spurs too often, but they're definitely going to be a team that I'm going to have on my radar to watch next season, whether that's on national TV or NBA League Pass. I think they're going to be a potential play-in, playoff team next year. I really do. I'm really, really high on this. I think you couldn't have asked for a better situation. I mean, you're talking about a top three coach of all time in Greg Popovich that's got a hand on this kid, Victor. I mean, I don't know. I, I'm not trying to say Pop isn't a great coach, but right now we're watching Eric Spolster have, what, six undrafted players in the Eastern Conference Finals for three out of the last four years? Sounds about right. Yeah. If it, What has Greg Popovich won without a Hall of Famer on his roster? I mean, he hasn't won anything without a Hall of Famer on his roster. Because Eric Spolster is going to three of the four last conference finals. And he maybe, but, maybe has a Hall of Famer on his roster. But, I mean, if you want to be technical. For all of them. If you want to be technical, Spol hasn't won anything. He's won, he's been, they've been competitive. No, I'm saying, but they, haven't, he, they haven't won a championship he's without been a Hall the, of Famer. He's won the East once. He's been to the conference finals three out of four years. I'm saying like. Oh, okay. What, I mean, like, if you're talking about like, going to get out the East. And yeah, I thought you meant like no, as far sure. as winning, actually yeah, winning the not, championship. Not in the binary of 1-0, did he win a championship? But no, consistently, Eric Spolstra, 
There's a reason why Eric Spolstra hasn't gotten fired. You talk about all these coaches that have won finals and have gotten fired afterwards. Yeah. Eric Spolstra had, you know, he's not on the list. Why? Because he didn't win a finals, nor did he get fired. You know what I'm saying? Why? Because yeah, yeah. he knows what yeah. he's doing. Yeah. There's a reason why he gets there. Right, yeah, like the sure. whole, we talk for about sure. Doc Rivers, and he gets fired after Game Seven. His Game Seven record. Well, part of it is how I would love to know how many times Doc Rivers missed the playoffs in his career. You know what I'm saying? That you have to have a certain level of success to get to Game Seven in the first place to be able to blow it. Right? It's like, yeah. but ultimately, but uh, now I lost my train of thought. I got so upset about Doc Rivers. Well, no, your point was about Pop. What has he done with a Hall of Fame player, and they haven't been winning lately? I think that's so, kind of your general point there. I'm not only not winning, not even competing. Not even competing. Like you look uh, at like this year was this was this was the real like rock bottom year. Take away this year, they actually like the year before that they were 34 and 48. Okay. The year before that 33 and 39. And then the year before that 32 and 39. And the year for that they actually were a playoff team when they had Kawhi. So I mean, sure. They haven't been over 500 since Kawhi left. I get that. Did they have they qualified for the play-in? The play-in, they were close, I think. Was that last year? I remember them being like in the hunt oh, to in, make in, it. In the hunt to, to be. To make the play-in. To be the, the last either year. the fourth worst or third worst team in the Western I mean, what's your, what's your overall point here? Are you saying Popovich is overrated? Like, let's get down to the nitty-gritty here. I'm just, uh, like, we talk, like, you say he's the top three coach of all time. I just feel like it's a little bit of, you know, a lot of it has to do with who he's coaching. I mean, you could say that about all the great coaches, though, right? Like Phil Jackson. I'm looking at Eric Spo- Okay, let's talk about it. <laughs> let's talk about it. Like, <laughs> we can go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> you know, I mean, seriously, like, you want to talk like... Like Dar- Belichick like, without Brady. I mean... Now we're talking a different sport. I mean, I'm just saying. Vibes. I'm just saying, but, though, but just the general... Especially because... But what Belichick was doing is coaching the defense, and you want to talk. Yeah, about I know. Well, I know. We don't have to get into I, logistics, yeah. but, of it, but I'm just. The reality is, just like, I look at guys like again, like Eric Spolstra or like Willie Green, and I'm not saying Willie Green's a, the best coach of all time, but like, you know, you got your star player in and out of the lineup for two and a half years, your focal point of your offense, and you know, you take a team that was had the number one pick in the draft, and you have them competing for. Playoff berths, right? You have them competing when they get into the playoffs. Like, Mike Budenholzer won a title just, what, a couple years ago? Yeah. They're terrified in the first round. What's that about? You know, like, like that's, that's Nick Nurse wins a title. When Kawhi gets there, he leaves. He's got nothing left, right? Like, I, I don't want to say that anybody can win with talent because it's not true, but I'd much rather have a Mike Brown who can take the same exact roster and figure something out and make that team much better because I don't, I don't think that there's a lot of bad players in the NBA. I disagree with DeMar DeRozan and Paul George. Yeah, they said it was like 75 to 100 bad guys in the NBA. Yeah, I, I, and I kind of get where they're coming from because there's probably a lot of guys who like can't dribble. Yeah, in yeah. This, right? You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, who yeah. can't like hoop, quote mm-hmm. unquote, right? Mm-hmm. But no, I think in general... There's a lot of NBA talent out there, and you just really a voice at the front can change a lot. Case in point, Houston Rockets representative last night at the Darts Lottery, Ime Udoka walks in. Brad Stevens has the Celtics successful, right? They mm-hmm. reach a point. Yeah. Ime comes in there, boom. All of a sudden, flip switches. They're in the finals. Probably yeah. should have won the finals last year. Yeah. Right? Realistically. And then... Boom, he's gone for whatever reasons. All of a sudden, Boston looks funny. Even as they've progressed through the playoffs, tell me you feel great about that team. You can't. No. You know what I'm saying? You you can't. What's the difference? All the difference is the coach. Yeah. So that's why I say, like, a guy like Ty Lue, you, you've had Paul George and Kawhi Leonard out of their in and out of the lineup for the longest and you still are competing with all the teams that have had their stars. Yeah. You're not winning necessarily a championship, but the day in, day out, I think like there's something that matters there. Yeah. I also just think there was a different uh, philosophy in terms of front office situations with those franchises 
where they were in win now mode and the Spurs, I think, have actively been tanking. I don't believe in especially this, in especially this year. Every mo- every team should always be in win now. No, mode. that's no, that's not how the NBA works. You oh, you I, don't should, wanna... I should trust the I should trust the process. <laughs> I'm just saying, that Martin, should, like, that's what I should do. We know every year in the NBA there's four to five teams that have a real chance of winning the championship. If you're not one of those four to five, six teams, you then don't want to be that. Be one. You don't want to be the freaking what's a good example? You don't want to be the Atlanta Hawks in the middle. We're like, yeah, we're a playoff team, but we have no chance of actually winning anything. And now you're gonna you're stuck with like the 16th pick yeah, in the draft. What the Hawks did wrong. Just they bottom. The, they got to the Eastern Conference Finals and got no better. Yeah. Okay. But forget the Hawks. My my general point is you don't want to be that team that's stuck but in the, the middle. No, that's that is the point because the Hawks should have been in win now mode. You should have seen that you had an opportunity. Well, no, they are in win now mode, but they're not. They're silly. They ca- they capped out. They they got Dejounte Murray. They're definitely in win now mode. But that wasn't that wasn't right off the Eastern Conference. Well, no, no, I'm just saying, like, but the, that's what I'm. But that's my point. Small, that's oh, my point. Like right after Do it that, right then. Oh, I see. Move okay. Then, okay, okay, okay. What are you waiting for? Okay, okay. You just were in the Eastern Conference Finals last year, so now, okay, oh, well, I will flounder out, be an eight seed, and then, oh, we got now. Let's make a move. No, you're wasting time. Okay, I see. You're talking about right after that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you're wasting okay. time. Okay, go okay. do it. Imagine if Boston had wasted time with with Tatum and Brown. They. They still haven't won a title, but think about the successes they've had so far. Yeah, you yeah. know what I'm saying. Like if they hadn't, if they had just sat up there and been like, "Oh, you know, don't worry about it. We're not going to pay the luxury tax because uh, we're not we're not going to go acquire, uh, uh, move on and get Derek White or, or, or try to you know upgrade off Al Horford. They tried to upgrade off Al, didn't work. You know what I'm saying? It's like we're not going to do any of it. We're going to sit here and just hey, because Jason Tatum dunked on LeBron seven years ago, so we're, we're in good shape. Like no, you got to get better, and sh- and you know what they have consist, and you know what the and to the point, you know what the Warriors haven't done is you see Boston, they've added pieces. Malcolm Brogdon is new in Boston. Uh, uh, Derek White, relatively new in Boston. The 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 uh, the backup center rotation is all different than it used than at the start of seven years ago. You look at the Warriors outside of Jordan Poole, who got punched in the face, and Jonathan Kuminga, who they had to draft. <laughs> there's no new faces. Well, to be fair, they did trade for Andrew Wiggins, and after they did that's, get and that's the De- one. D'Angelo okay, so that's Russell, the one. so that's the one. Andrew yeah. Wiggins, yeah. But they moved. They, but Andrew Wiggins is the one, the new rotational piece that lad that stuck. So that's the one that probably, quite honestly, got them that next the the, the last championship. Yeah, yeah. Right. But you, to the overarching point is, you can look and see how Boston has made a ton of moves to try to improve across the league while maintaining their core. And, and and Golden State necessarily has not. So just to put a ball on this Spurs Victor thing, what would you consider a successful year one, not only for him but the San Antonio Spurs? Well, for him, staying healthy, giving me sixty-five games, seventy games, so he could be eligible for the awards. Yeah, I, 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 I think I think sixty five games is a great benchmark. I really do think it's a yeah. really good benchmark for health. Um, and you can still low manage if you want to. Go ahead, don't get hurt. Right? Isn't that the point? Do they have to make the plan or playoffs? Yeah, in year one. Yeah, we yeah. got we have to reestablish winning. Winning has to matter again. <laughs> but remember, the regular season doesn't matter anymore. Remember, no, winning right? has to matter. The regular season doesn't matter. Winning anymore. Winning has apparently. to matter. It ha- we have to bring winning back into the fold. Yeah, but I w- I think they're happy they didn't win this year because now they got Victor. I think that I think they're okay with that instead of being a playing team and losing in the first round. I'd much rather have Victor for the next 10 to 15 years. It just makes me sick. <laughs> all of it makes me sick. You know what honestly doesn't really truly make me all that sick? What's that? So of all the things that came out this weekend, probably the only person on the worst weekend to me was John Moran. But uh, well, I mean, you did go thirteen and zero in your bets, though. So you're, yeah, it could have been worse. That is true. Yeah, I could have <laughs> broken my arm. <laughs> but of all the things that this was made me laugh the hardest. After the statement comes out last night, in the middle of the Lakers' big run, <laughs> to to, <laughs> the timing of that was crazy. It was great timing. Great timing. But everybody was like, "How could he use the same statement he used the last time?" 
And I said, well, the first time he was in a strip club with a gun. This time he was in a car with a gun. <laughs> he did the same thing. Do you apply to jobs with different resumes? You know, I, I, why would you? Why would he do something different? <laughs> well, I mean, to be fair, the first time he was the one recording himself in the strip club. This time, his boy in the driver's seat was recording him. Uh, and what I found interesting about the video is, if you notice, the guy that was recording him, as soon as Job put the gun up, he immediately put the phone down, as if like. What the hell? What are you doing? I had no idea you were going to do that. It was like unprovoked. And I see a lot of people blaming the friend. I'm like, why are you blaming the friend? He didn't tell Ja to bring the gun out. <laughs> like, uh, like, he didn't. Like, it's not like the first time when he was recording I, himself literally with the gun in his hand. I can't tell you why you blame the friend. <laughs> you know why you blame the friend? Why? Because he never should have been on Instagram Live in the first place. There should have been a Why rule. not? What's wrong with going on live? They're having a good time listening to NBA Youngboy. We see. We have determined. <laughs> I, if I'm Ja, if I'm Ja, which the, really the problem is that there is nobody doing this in general, right? But if I'm Ja, whoever's in charge here, like we have determined that the way that we enjoy fun is not palatable for Instagram Live. <laughs> if in moments we are having fun, <laughs> don't Instagram Live. In fact, don't Instagram Live at all. You know, I think that would be a solid to your 111. There was more people in your Twitter spaces this morning than watching this Instagram live. Yeah, there's only like 100 people in there. There's 111 on his, people. Yeah, on his IG live at the time. To make the front page of the news the next day. Somebody got the screenshot. Somebody was a screen recording, apparently, and then screenshot it. Because, you know, I didn't even notice the gun the first time I watched the video because it happened so quick. I'm like, where, where is he had a gun at? I didn't see it. The funny thing to me was how his boy made up the gun fingers yeah. immediately before. Yeah. And then John yeah. was like, nah, I'll do you one better, pal. <laughs> There's a lot of things going on in this video besides the fact that he's holding a gun. I'm not, like, mortally offended at the fact that he has a gun in his hand. I'm just not. I'm not. I'm sorry. I know it's like I'm supposed to be like, oh, he's being dumb. He's being stupid. Ah, I mean, Martin, come on. I mean, he is. Come on. I understand. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm not. It doesn't mortally offend me that he's. That it is being young and stupid. Young and stupid is kind of what I expect young and stupid people to but do. But again, though, three months later? That's part of being stupid is repeating the same action over and over again. If he learned from his actions, we would just be calling him young. He just said two weeks ago that he's on the right path. He's been out of the media. He's, he likes the direction he's heading in as a leader on and off the court. He literally just said that in his exit interview two weeks ago. I'm not And look. Oh, that may be true. <laughs> oh, that may be true. I'm just saying. Like, the thing again is what concerns me more than anything, honestly, is the fact that he is not practicing good gun safety. He is going to shoot himself or someone on accident over it. Like, seriously, that, 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 that is what caused now. And then the other, you know, okay, if the police were to pull up on him while he's driving the car and he's seeing with a gun in his hand, then of course it's kaput. Over with. Like, I under, I understand all of these things, but also understand that, like, these things, like, it could also, you know, not to be more, but he could also just be walking down the street. Nobody knows who he is. And bow. It could be over. Right? Like, this is the way. He could go to the mall. This is America, Jack. Like, he could be going to do a school visit. <laughs> okay? And, and, and you know what? I have a very good reason why he might want a gun for protection. Right? So, the idea that he wants a gun, like, I'm not, I, look. Oh, my God. Mark, you're being bro. so disingenuous right well, now. I'm not. Like, Nobody is mad that he has a gun. I, I Why are a you? a lot of people are. No, they're mad. He's flashing it. Why are you flashing it on camera? But I think. I'm sure a lot of people in the NBA have guns on them, but we don't know it because they don't, they're not out here. Oh, yeah, I have a gun on me. I'm listening no, to NBA Youngboy. No, that's the, <laughs> that's the thing right there. We don't know. You say you're sure? I'm not sure. Well, I mean, according to Sauce Gardner, he said a lot of people that he knows in NFL carry guns. Uh, so I'm... But how many people... In, like, not even not even to... Just to play it out to the most logical conclusion. How many people in the NFL does Sauce Gardner know? Like, think... There's what? Some 500 players in the league? How many realistically could he know? 100? 
Yeah, give or did take. You, give or you, take. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. how to, to, as, so of that hundred, how is you saying that all hundred are like every? Like, you know what I'm saying? So like, how, it's hard to get a real sense unless if people are actually self-reporting. But still, though, the, the the general point is why flash it though? I don't care that you have a gun on you. I think that's the normal consensus that I've been hearing. People don't care because you can where he was at. I think he was in. Where was he at the time? Well, wherever he was, I think it was open carry state. He, I believe. Apparently, he was driving from Memphis to Atlanta, in which, okay. unless you're going wildly out of the way, there's nowhere that it's not open carry. Okay, so I don't think people are mad that he has a gun. They're upset the fact that he, he felt the need to flash it, knowing his friend was recording. That's the problem, Martin. You know that. You're yeah, being disingenuous again, right it now. It, it does not mortally affect So you don't me. care that he flashed it. It means nothing to you. <laughs> it's, you know what? I'm more offended, honestly, at the one in the strip club. I was about to say, you're more upset on that one. Because in the strip club, there's people like, it's one thing entirely if me and you are riding over here and I got a gun in the car. It's another thing entirely if I'm waving it around here and not Eddie Spaghetti sitting here hostage. Like, he can't go anywhere because he's producing the podcast. Those strippers may not have been comfortable with the fact that he had a gun, right? But they got to be there. So that's something that I think about. But it's like, if you want to be dumb and impact yourself and the ones around you and everybody is, is, is signing up to be dumb with you, then go be dumb. Just don't hurt other people. Like, that. so, like, I have much, like, of all the things that he's done, like, it's much more concerning to me that he was pounding on a mall security guard's break room door. That's much more concerning to me. And I don't even, like, it's just, like, if he shoots himself, that'd be terrible. I will hope he doesn't do it. If he shoots one of his friends, that'd be terrible. I hope they don't do it. Like, I really hope it doesn't happen. But it's like, I, I gamble a lot. Sometimes you bet on things that are obvious. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you just bet on things that are obvious and you lay heavy odds because you know, hey, if I lay $2,000 on this, I may only get 500 back, but it's going to happen. So it's like at this point, like unless somebody does something or does something substantive to like change his actions, I don't think he's going to like break a law. Like, you know, at this point, I don't think, but like, I don't see why unless something, unless it's just a lot to me. It's hard. Like, it's just, it's just weird. And I understand where people are coming from on the like, we need to see young people do better. But, like, I don't know. I think, uh, you know what happens a lot of this? I think a lot of people see, like, especially, like, black people see, like, man, that could be my son. Or that could be, you know, that was me when I was a kid. And it wasn't. Like, that wasn't you, Jalen Rose. Like, that's not your son. And I understand where you're coming from, but it's not. You know what I'm saying? Because if it was your son, you sit there and talk to him and tell him not to do that. <laughs> like, so I don't know. Like, my dad would have told me not to do that. Yeah, I, I grew up around guns. I'm from Louisiana. And I'm from country Louisiana. Like everybody, I do had guns. Like guns was not a problem when I was growing up. And I'm not like trying to be some Second Amendment advocate or anything like that. But like the idea that people had hunting rifles or pistols in their house, like it wasn't something that I was worried about or concerned about. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's going to result in a suspension for John Morant. I, and I'm not saying the bigger thing is to me. He's like he's just not practicing good gun safety. Why do you have the gun? If you are in a place where you need to have a gun, why do you? Why are you there? You know, that's my bigger thing. Did you see Adam Silver speak on it? He oh, said, man. he sounded like a disappointed father. Oh man, <laughs> he's just like I can't. He's like, frankly, Malika, I was shocked. I couldn't believe that he would do such a thing. Like what? Like. Why not? <laughs> like, why, like I, why not? Why, why were you so shocked? I think it's just the double down factor. The fact that he did the whole apology tour after the first incident, him and Jalen Rose had that emotional one-on-one -on -one sit down. It felt very heartfelt and honest. It was, what, like 30 minutes? Obviously, all the things he was saying in post-game interviews, the exit interview a couple weeks ago. I think when you combine all that stuff together... Maybe we were naive into thinking he actually was turning the corner. He went to Florida, for crying out loud, to, to get some help. Turn the corner from what? Like that, like from not being an idiot and flashing your gun on like, camera. That's what I don't know. Like that's don't a, know. Is that a, is that a hard ask? Look, but my thing: do they have like do they have gun rehab? Is that a thing that exists? Like that's the thing I'm concerned. Like like what was he supposed to like? If you want to talk about the fact that in all these videos. He's taking tequila to the head like it's like like it's drinking like it's water, and they, that's something different entirely. 
You know what I'm saying? You want to talk about and, and and to be fair, there is something about the levels of like dealing with the trappings of fame, right? And I can understand that. And I am not saying that the behavior is not self-destructive, right? It absolutely is. But everybody is focusing on the fact that he had this gun in his like like he was doing something in a video outside of all the things around the fact that why all the things around it. You know what I'm saying? It's like you look at this guy passed out on the ground, hypothetically speaking, right? You look at a guy passed out on the ground. Instead of trying to diagnose what he's doing there, he's like, yo, wake up. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, did he drink himself down there? Is he high? Is he, you know what I'm saying? Is he just super tired? Like, there's all these different avenues in which, and, you know, you could, uh, you know, attack somebody differently for all those different ways. You know what I'm saying? Like, in, in, or not, I shouldn't say attack, but you approach somebody differently in all those different ways. Maybe you don't approach them at all, depending on why they're laid out on the ground, right? So I just think, like, we talk about job with the gun. It's like we should probably be looking at the more holistic picture of why he feels the need to have this gun with him in the first place, as opposed to was it yours? As opposed to why did you have, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, why, do you feel it was necessary to show it on Instagram? Like, why, like I think there's just deeper questions that concern me more than, like, the act of him showing this gun like you're driving a car on instagram live looking out the passenger window because your homeboy is, is showing on camera that's incredibly concerning that right there is a danger to other people in the moment we don't got to talk about the gun that may or may not go off <laughs> you yeah. know what i'm saying like and i'm glad you went deeper on that because it kind of brings me back to what you were saying a couple months ago and we don't, I don't, we don't have to go so deep into this because they can go down a whole rabbit hole. But remember, like, the tattoo you were talking about? Yeah. And, like, the affiliation potentially that involves that? Yeah. Uh, that's, that's what I said. Yeah. He got the big old tattoo across like, his chest. Maybe he got into something that he can't get out of. But, look, that's, look I ain't saying, and look, like, <laughs> you say you got a tattoo across your chest and say, my brother's no other. I'm not saying that you're in a gang. All I'm going to say is the judge is going to ask you why you and all your friends have the same tattoo on because that's gang behavior. And you better have a good answer for that. Because if you're not in, if you're not in the gang, it's going to really look like you win a game. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I don't want to assume because we don't know what happened prior, but kind of to your point again, when you were talking about going deeper and thinking about what caused the act, not the actual act itself, Considering the past history that we've seen of Ja recording himself or getting recorded, it's probably a safe bet to say he was probably under some type of influence, which probably maybe involved alcohol. You can't tell either way, but again, he's driving a car. So maybe that's a deeper but issue. You see though. what I'm saying? He's driving a car. That to me is, is the gun to me is a symptom of a deeper diagnosis where everybody is making out to be like this guy is gun crazy. Like I don't. You know, so do you think that John Moran has, has just like, you know, we talk about like these people who go up and actually shoot places up. They go and like have like racks of thousands of guns in their homes or hundreds of guns in their homes. Mm -hmm. so like, I, don't, yeah. I, don't, I don't think that's the case. I don't either. I don't think John Moran's got like five AR-15s in <laughs> no, his face. No, I, I don't think so. I don't think so. Anyway, let's take a quick break and we'll talk about basketball. <laughs> Tickets to the game, merch, meals at iconic restaurants, stays at Caesars Palace. All of this can be yours when you bet with Caesar Sportsbook. Win or lose, every bet earns reward credits, which you can redeem across the empire. Now, if you haven't started yet, register using code OMAHAFULL and then place your first bet up to $1,250. If you win, great. You keep those winnings. But if you lose, you get to stake back as a bonus bet. 21 and up only. Offer valid and must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Massachusetts, Maryland, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming only. New users and the first $10 wager only. Must register with the eligible promo code. Bet amount of qualifying wager returned only if wager is held as a loss. Bet maximum bonus bet $1,250. Bonus bet expires 14 days after receipt. Tier credits and reward credits will be added to the account within seven days after qualifying wager settles. See Caesars.com slash promos for full terms. Void where prohibited. No one to stop before you start. Gambling problem? Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Colorado, Wyoming, and Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700. Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. Massachusetts, call one 800 
3275050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Ohio, and Pennsylvania. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. I had no idea we went that long just now, but <laughs> <laughs> there was a basketball game last night despite the uh, the draft lottery being one of the, the highlights. LeBron lost another game one. That was that was my I was that was what I was kind of confident about going in. LeBron loves his feel out games in game one. And uh I was concerned about how much feeling out the Lakers were doing down 20. Uh, <laughs> but I did see, you know, there were some adjustments that they made down the stretch that uh, were able to get them back into the game. But overwhelmingly, I picked Nuggets in six in this series. There was nothing that I really saw yesterday that would have made me feel differently about Nuggets in six. I think you picked the Lakers in this series. In six. So there you go. And Earth ironically, it's funny. I, I, don't, I didn't see anything in the, that made me want to change my pick either. And I think it's a little unfair for you to mention LeBron game one, considering they've won game one of their last two series in these playoffs. Right, but of the last, I know what you mean. the last 20 years. I get it. I get it. But he's also playing a different role now, more so than we've ever seen him in his career because he's not on ball as much as he used to be. But besides the point there, I think the Lakers, a lot of the things that I saw were fixable. I mean, in the first quarter, Jokic had 12 rebounds. I mean, to me, that says that Darvin Ham starting Dennis Schroeder was not a good idea. You're having three guards out there, and you're just relying on LeBron and AD to get get on the glass uh, against a much bigger team with a small lineup. Didn't understand that. I think next game you're going to see Rui start. Or Vando, but you probably go with Rui because if you start Vando, then Jokic doesn't have to guard him. And you want him to have to guard somebody. So you can just leave Vando open in the corner and live with him shooting corner threes. But if you start Rui, then he has to guard somebody, which will most likely be Anthony Davis at that point. So I think a lot of things are fixable, man. The effort in the first half was really embarrassing. A lot of fast break points for the Nuggets. I think they had like 17 fast break points in the first half, and they didn't even have, I think, 10 in the second half. So I, I'm not too concerned from the Lakers standpoint. The goal is obviously to win one game in Denver. I, I feel really good they're going to win game two. It'll be 1-1 one, one, one heading back here to L.A. You feel good because they're going to start Jared Vanderbilt or Rui? Well, it should be Rui. I would start Rui. Well, yeah. Darvin Ham's ran this three-guard lineup all playoffs to the point that in against Memphis they were saying this three-guard lineup with LeBron and Rui at the five doesn't work. Or with AD and Rui, so I, you know, I don't. We'll see. I think the longer you have the combination of Russell, Schroeder, and Reeves out there, good luck. That's that's my opinion on it. I imagine that the big adjustment that everyone is talking about is like, ooh, did you see Rui guarding Jokic, and now AD can help. All right, so then Aaron Gordon's either going to have to shoot threes or sit on the bench. I live with Aaron Gordon shooting threes, and then sit on the bench and put Bruce Brown out there. I live with him shooting threes too. Good luck. I live. I say good luck with that because uh, then Jokic will do. Jokic will go insane. 
even more insane than he did today. Anthony or last night, Anthony Davis had a forty and thirteen game. Lakers didn't win. That's cause for concern. And I just think defensively, I don't know if they're going to be able to keep up. Like the whole strategy for the Lakers against the Warriors, a lot of it was the Lakers want to push. I mean, the Warriors want to push. The Warriors want to push. The Warriors want to push and get down there before the Lakers can get set up. But Draymond Green is my age. Klay Thompson's a year older. Steph's 35. And Klay Thompson has had multiple leg surgeries. And Jordan Poole got punched in the face at the start of the year. And they've been right since. Like, the idea that the, the Warriors were going to be able to push them in the way that the Nuggets and Jokic, the best outlet passer in the league, should be able to push them is a different vibe. And I, like, the idea that I think your fast break points is going to be indicative of how the series goes. If the Nuggets play decent defense and rebound off the off the defensive rebound, I think that they'll be able to run the Lakers. I really do. Because they don't have anybody who's going to be able to keep up. I did see D'Angelo Russell was shooting after the game today, so that should help. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to me, I, I just didn't see anything that would make me be too concerned from the Lakers, just from a a, a roster standpoint. I, I really think like starting Schroeder, that was you got the Nuggets getting out to his early lead, and the Lakers just playing catch up from that point on. And like I said, Jokic had 12 rebounds in the first quarter. Like he was on pace for over 40 rebounds. But I watched Kevon Looney, <laughs> I watched Kevon Looney get get over 10 rebounds a game in, in in limited minutes because he was sick against this very same vaunted front line. True. But I'm saying, like, to me, like that's a historical start Jokic, in the yeah, first sure. quarter. Jokic won't get 40 That's, rebounds a game, but I think it's I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility from the average 15 for the series. Okay. Just don't average 21 and get six offensive rebounds. And I think he had all those six in the first quarter. Like those second chance points really did the Lakers in. They made some really tough shots. I mean the Jokic three at the end of the third quarter, that Jamal Murray three, like the shot making was at an all-time high for the Nuggets in that game. And if you look at the final stats, I know it may look comparable, but if you watch the game and the flow of the game, like every time the Lakers were on the cusp of really making a run, you felt it, right? Here comes a, a, a big KCP three or a Jamal three in LeBron's face. Like the, the shot making, I don't think, would be at that clip. They made the most threes they made in the game these playoffs. And it was only 15 threes made from the Denver Nuggets. That was the most they've made in any game in these playoffs. I don't think that's going to be sustainable. I don't think they need it. But we'll see about that. And I did hit that bet. Jamal Murray over two and a half three-pointers made. He cashed that before halftime. And Denver money line. That was a nice win. It's like it's almost like the world is helping me buy a car with my uh, with my winnings. It's like my, <laughs> my buy a car fund. With that being said... Let's take a quick break and then get into tomorrow and get into tonight's games, Eastern Conference Finals. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. All right, Mark. Uh, I assume that your lemon pepper parlay is on this game. So, so we'll talk about this game first. Uh, the Heat and the Celtics. Jason Tatum almost, almost, almost did enough, I think to save some of the blame from Embiid and Doc Rivers, but it wasn't quite enough. I think maybe if Jason Tatum had like 71, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, in that closeout game, then maybe you could just chalk it up as an all-time great player, did something like a guy who has the potential to be an all-time great, did something on the way to building his resume. Mm -hmm. Very much like when LeBron came. I was actually there when LeBron came and scored 20 straight points in the fourth quarter to kind of end the Pistons that year. It was like, wait a minute. 
This guy may not be, you know, we don't know what he's going to be yet, but if he's going to be something, this is going to be one of the marks on the resume. Like, this is going to be, so, like, that to me is with Jason Tatum there. But what was impossible to forget, and especially as excited as I was for an Embiid-Jokic finals matchup, was just how consistently Jason Tatum was sidestepping three inside of Joel Embiid's eye. Yeah. It was Down bad. that stretch. <laughs> And I think yeah. he saved a lot. He saved a lot of interesting conversation in Boston too. Oh yeah, for now at least. For now, for now is that that's still on the table at the end of the season, depending on how it ends for Boston. But yeah, I mean Philly got rid of Doc. Obviously, I'm very curious to see who they're going to bring in as the head coach. I'm going to laugh so hard if it's Mike D'Antoni though. I will laugh my off. What? It just why? Why? What, why would it be D'Antoni? Well, I know why you're saying that. I know I, I'm not saying oh. that you're you're being ridiculous for oh. floating out why D'Antoni. I'm asking more generally why, with the caveat of why are we kowtowing to anything that James Harden wants? Oh yeah, that's why. That's that was that's the reason why I'd be laughing. Because you're, you're catering to James Harden at this point of his career. I don't understand, and we really had to have tough conversations about Joel Embiid. Because yeah. here's the thing, like that whole play yourself in the shape stuff, it doesn't work. It's part of the reason why you get hurt down the stretch. Yeah. I hope that, you know, another, you know, top pick down there in New Orleans can hear the same thing. You got to get in shape and be in shape. Because the whole getting in and out of shape, you're not a regular person. You're a professional athlete. That's your job. I had Chick-fil-A today. You know why? <laughs> Because my job is to talk into a microphone. Had no impact on what I'm about to go do. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, my job ain't to go run three miles after this. If I was going to run three miles after this, probably would have had something different to eat. <laughs> but who do you like in uh, in game one? Of t- what's, what's your lemon pepper parlay for tonight? Yeah, so I'm going with the Miami Heat plus eight. I think eight is a little too hefty. Uh, I think this is a classic game one spot where you see the Boston Celtics coming off of a very – grueling game seven series on shorter rest in Miami. I think they come out a little flat. I think they still win the game, but eight points is just a lot for me when I think the Heat can muck the game up, making kind of ugly. So I'm pairing that Miami plus eight with the over for Malcolm Brogdon's points. He's at 14 and a half. In that seven-game series against Philadelphia, he's cleared this number in five of those seven games. So I like Malcolm Brogdon to at least get 15 points tonight. That's my lemon pepper parlay. You know, and I'll say this, because I was kind of watching Boston through the lens of Jalen Brown's not happy. So, mm-hmm. like, I kind of was watching it, like, with that subtext, right, throughout mm-hmm. the – especially the, like, games four, five, six, and seven mm-hmm. of uh, the second round. And I was thinking – Damn, Michael Brogdon shoots a lot. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. like, dang, Michael Brogdon shoots a lot. Yeah, he gets him up. You know, it's like, cause, cause especially because it's easy to watch with that lens as Jason Tatum is not playing well yeah, yeah. in the first quarter and really, what, the whole game until the last, like, three minutes of game six, last six minutes of game six, give or take. Mm-hmm. He starts hitting a couple threes, and it makes his stat line look better than his game was. And then game seven, obviously, especially in the second half, was Phenomenal. Mm-hmm. First half, you know, give or take. But second half, it was incredible. But so I'm watching it with the idea of like, they, you know, Jalen Brown's not happy. Mm-hmm. Right. So I'm like, damn, Michael Brown gets a lot of shots. Up. <laughs> so I was thinking, like, no, Grant yeah. Williams does not play. And Malcolm Brogdon gets a lot of shots. Up. That, that was my two biggest, like, That's why, why like would Jalen Browns not be happy? That's why I like his over. Yeah, He's going to get him up. He'll get him up yeah. for sure. Because <laughs> I was thinking Grant Williams was probably guarding the guy that Jalen Brown would have to guard yeah. last year. Was yeah. Grant Williams guarding him more often than not. It would allow Jalen Brown to have more offensive freedom. Right. You know, and and be a little less fatigued. Because, mm-hmm. you know, Jason Tatum ain't guarding no damn body. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? They don't, they don't want him to do that. Yeah. I, too. I'm taking the Miami Heat in my lemon pepper parlay. I think they went outright tonight. I think they steal game one. You're making that play? Or are you just doing the plus eight? I'm doing the plus eight for my oh, okay. parlay, but okay. I think they okay. do went outright. Okay. But okay. for my official play, do I'm a taking, sprinkle out there, guys, if you want I am taking the Heat plus eight. I'm taking Kevin Love over seven and a half points. Mm, feeling a little feeling a little good there, huh? Kevin Love? I'm taking Kevin Love over seven and a half points because here's the deal. I don't think Joe Mazzulla is a good coach. 
At least not yet. I'm saying he can't be a good coach. He's not a good coach yet. Definitely not a good enough coach to be in the spot that we're in right now. His big lineup change, his big adjustment was to start Williams and Horford. Part of the reason why he can do that is so that way you need a non-shooter on the court, P.J. Tucker, for example, to be able to have Williams roam around. Very much like we saw last night with Anthony Davis. You put him on Aaron Gordon. He doesn't have to guard him. Now he can play volleyball at the rim. Uh Similar concept. Uh All right? Here's the thing. Kevin Love ain't no P.J. Tucker. If they try to do that same thing, P.J. Tucker having 11 points in the first quarter was funny and unsustainable. Uh Kevin Love hitting two first quarter threes, and then I just need a bucket after that, I feel good about. Okay. I like your line of thinking on that. You watch some film. I like that. <laughs> hey, man. I had a lot of free time. <laughs> yeah, but no, I just think, and I, just, I think I, over seven and a half, it's not crazy. If it was over if it was over nine and a half, I'd say, all right, well, hold on. Hold mm. on. We're a little bit over the over the foul limit there. But, you know, two threes. Yeah. And then I'm in a, I'm at I'm at play from the free throw line. I'm at play for rebound yeah. layup. Yeah, that, a little, you know, little putback. Exactly. Yeah. Fast break trail, something like that. Yeah, yeah. And I think he's gonna get a lot of run this this series, him and Caleb Martin, because I think Spolstra will abuse that two big lineup if they run it out there. Yeah. Okay. I also like Miami for the series. Wow. Bombshell to end the show, huh? I think I think Miami has a uh, look at what is it four to one right now? Wow. At four to one, you could at least get a good shot and hedge out. I mean, the point. odds are yeah, you're uh, okay. I like Miami for the series, not for the finals, but for the series. I think because hey, if Boston keeps being sometimes you like they are, and depending on Malcolm Brogdon to shoot all those shots, <laughs> and you know Jason Tatum to be invisible in the first half, here's the thing: Miami's not going to allow Jason Tatum to hit his fourth, fifth, and sixth three of the quarter. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They're not letting them dance. Yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> They're going to turn the music off at some point, and Jimmy will sit down there and be like, all right, you got to talk to me now. Or Kyle Lowry sit down there and be like, all right, I'm going to come and bother the hell out of you yeah. until you're just so annoyed that you're missing some shots. Yeah. Like, I just, they'll have, they'll have a much stronger uh, competitive fortitude. That's fair. Than the Philadelphia 76ers. That's fair. Did. I still like Boston in five. In five. I think it gets over ugly. Yeah. Over quick. Yeah. Did you see, and we'll leave it with this, Bruce Brown said the game plan was to hunt D'Angelo Russell on every play. So it's a good thing he was out there working on a shot last night. (laughs) See you guys next week. Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.